Part four, chapter one, section one of Under Western Eyes by Joseph Conrad. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part four, chapter one, section one. That I should at the beginning of this retrospect mention again that Mr. Razumov's youth had no one in the world, as literally no one as it can be honestly affirmed of any human being, is but a statement of fact from a man who believes in the psychological value of facts there is also perhaps a desire of punctilious fairness unidentified with any one in this narrative where the aspects of honour and shame are remote from the ideas of the western world and taking my stand on the ground of common humanity it is for that very reason that i feel a strange reluctance to state boldly here what every reader has most likely already discovered himself such reluctance may appear absurd if it were not for the thought that because of the imperfection of language there is always something ungracious and even disgraceful in the exhibition of naked truth but the time has come when councillor of state mikulin can no longer be ignored his simple question where to on which we left mr razumov in st petersburg throws a light on the general meaning of this individual case where to was the answer in the form of a gentle question to what we may call mr razumov's declaration of independence the question was not menacing in the least and indeed had the ring of innocent inquiry had it been taken in a merely topographical sense the only answer to it would have appeared sufficiently appalling to mr razumov where to back to his rooms where the revolution had sought him out to put to a sudden test his dormant instincts his half-conscious thoughts and almost wholly unconscious ambitions by the touch as of some furious and dogmatic religion with its call to frantic sacrifices its tender resignations its dreams and hopes uplifting the soul by the side of the most sombre moods of despair and mr razumov had let go the door-handle and had come back to the middle of the room asking councillor mikulin angrily what do you mean by it as far as i can tell councillor mikulin did not answer that question he drew mr razumov into familiar conversation it is the peculiarity of russian natures that however strongly engaged in the drama of action they are still turning their ear to the murmur of abstract ideas this conversation and others later on need not be recorded suffice it to say that it brought mr razumov as we know him to the test of another faith there was nothing official in its expression and mr razumov was led to defend his attitude of detachment but councillor mikulin would have none of his arguments for a man like you were his last weighty words in the discussion such a position is impossible don't forget that i have seen that interesting piece of paper i understand your liberalism i have an intellect of that kind myself reform for me is mainly a question of method but the principle of revolt is a physical intoxication a sort of hysteria which must be kept away from the masses you agree to this without reserve don't you because you see kirylo sidorovitch abstention reserve in certain situations come very near to political crime the ancient greeks understood that very well mr razumov listening with a faint smile asked councillor mikulin point-blank if this meant that he was going to have him watched the high official took no offence at the cynical inquiry no kirylo sidorovitch he answered gravely i don't mean to have you watched razumov suspecting a lie affected yet the greatest liberty of mind 
during the short remainder of that interview the older man expressed himself throughout in familiar terms and with a sort of shrewd simplicity razumov concluded that to get to the bottom of that mind was an impossible feat a great disquiet made his heart beat quicker the high official issuing from behind the desk was actually offering to shake hands with him good-bye mr razumov an understanding between intelligent men is always a satisfactory occurrence is it not and of course these rebel gentlemen have not the monopoly of intelligence i presume that i shall not be wanted any more razumov brought out that question while his hand was still being grasped councillor mikulin released it slowly that mr razumov he said with great earnestness is as it may be god alone knows the future but you may rest assured that i never thought of having you watched you are a young man of great independence yes you are going away free as air but you shall end by coming back to us i i razumov exclaimed in an appalled murmur of protest what for he added feebly yes you yourself kirylo sidorovitch the high police functionary insisted in a low severe tone of conviction you shall be coming back to us some of our greatest minds had to do that in the end you have no better friend than prince k and as to myself it is a long time now since i've been honoured by his he glanced down his beard i won't detain you any longer we live in difficult times in times of monstrous chimeras and evil dreams and criminal follies we shall certainly meet once more it may be some little time though before we do till then may heaven send you fruitful reflections once in the street razumov started off rapidly without caring for the direction at first he thought of nothing but in a little while the consciousness of his position presented itself to him as something so ugly dangerous and absurd the difficulty of ever freeing himself from the toils of that complication so insoluble that the idea of going back and as he termed it to himself confessing to councillor mikulin flashed through his mind go back what for confess to what i have been speaking to him with the greatest openness he said to himself with perfect truth what else could i tell him that i have undertaken to carry a message to that brute zimianitch establish a false complicity and destroy what chance of safety i have won for nothing what folly yet he could not defend himself from fancying that councillor mikulin was perhaps the only man in the world able to understand his conduct to be understood appeared extremely fascinating on the way home he had to stop several times all his strength seemed to run out of his limbs and in the movement of the busy streets isolated as if in a desert he remained suddenly motionless for a minute or so before he could proceed on his way he reached his rooms at last then came an illness something in the nature of a low fever which all at once removed him to a great distance from the perplexing actualities from his very room even he never lost consciousness he only seemed to himself to be existing languidly somewhere very far away from everything that had ever happened to him he came out of this state slowly with an effect that is to say of extreme slowness though the actual number of days was not very great and when he had got back into the middle of things they were all changed subtly and provokingly in their nature inanimate objects human faces the landlady the rustic servant girl the staircase the streets the very air he tackled these changed conditions in a spirit of severity 
he walked to and fro to the university ascended stairs paced the passages listened to lectures took notes crossed courtyards in angry aloofness his teeth set hard till his jaws ached he was perfectly aware of madcap kostya gazing like a young retriever from a distance of the famished student with the red drooping nose keeping scrupulously away as desired of twenty others perhaps he knew well enough to speak to and they all had an air of curiosity and concern as if they expected something to happen this can't last much longer thought razumov more than once on certain days he was afraid that any one addressing him suddenly in a certain way would make him scream out insanely a lot of filthy abuse often after returning home he would drop into a chair in his cap and cloak and remain still for hours holding some book he had got from the library in his hand or he would pick up the little penknife and sit there scraping his nails endlessly and feeling furious all the time simply furious this is impossible he would mutter suddenly to the empty room fact to be noted this room might conceivably have become physically repugnant to him emotionally intolerable morally uninhabitable but no nothing of the sort and he had himself dreaded it at first nothing of the sort happened on the contrary he liked his lodgings better than any other shelter he who had never known a home had ever hired before he liked his lodgings so well that often on that very account he found a certain difficulty in making up his mind to go out it resembled a physical seduction such as for instance makes a man reluctant to leave the neighbourhood of a fire on a cold day for as at that time he seldom stirred except to go to the university what else was there to do it followed that whenever he went abroad he felt himself at once closely involved in the moral consequences of his act it was there that the dark prestige of the holden mystery fell on him clung to him like a poison robe it was impossible to fling off he suffered from it exceedingly as well as from the conversational commonplace unavoidable intercourse with the other kind of students they must be wondering at the change in me he reflected anxiously he had an uneasy recollection of having savagely told one or two innocent nice enough fellows to go to the devil once a married professor he used to call upon formally addressed him in passing how is it we never see you at our wednesdays now kirylo sidorovitch razumov was conscious of meeting this advance with odious muttering boorishness the professor was obviously too astonished to be offended all this was bad and all this was holden always holden nothing but holden everywhere holden a moral spectre infinitely more effective than any visible apparition of the dead it was only the room through which that man had blundered on his way from crime to death that his spectre did not seem to be able to haunt not to be exact that he was ever completely absent from it but that there he had no sort of power there it was razumov who had the upper hand in a composed sense of his own superiority a vanquished phantom nothing more often in the evening his repaired watch faintly ticking on the table by the side of the lighted lamp razumov would look up from his writing and stare at the bed with an expectant dispassionate attention nothing was to be seen there he never really supposed that anything ever could be seen there after a while he would shrug his shoulders slightly and bend again over his work for he had gone to work and at first with some success his unwillingness to leave that place where he was safe from halden grew so strong that at last he ceased to go out at all 
from early morning till far into the night he wrote he wrote for nearly a week never looking at the time and only throwing himself on the bed when he could keep his eyes open no longer then one afternoon quite casually he happened to glance at his watch he laid down his pen slowly at this very hour was his thought the fellow stole unseen into this room while i was out and there he sat quiet as a mouse perhaps in this very chair razumov got up and began to pace the floor steadily glancing at the watch now and then this is the time when i returned and found him standing against the stove he observed to himself when it grew dark he lit his lamp later on he interrupted his tramping once more only to wave away angrily the girl who attempted to enter the room with tea and something to eat on a tray and presently he noted the watch pointing at the hour of his own going forth into the falling snow on that terrible errand complicity he muttered faintly and resumed his pacing keeping his eye on the hands as they crept on slowly to the time of his return and after all he thought suddenly i might have been the chosen instrument of providence this is a manner of speaking but there may be truth in every manner of speaking what if that absurd saying were true in its essence he meditated for a while then sat down his legs stretched out with stony eyes and with his arms hanging down on each side of the chair like a man totally abandoned by providence desolate he noted the time of holden's departure and continued to sit still for another half-hour then muttering and now to work drew up to the table seized the pen and instantly dropped it under the influence of a profoundly disquieting reflection there's three weeks gone by and no word from mikulin what did it mean was he forgotten possibly then why not remain forgotten creep in somewhere hide but where how with whom in what hole and was it to be forever or what but a retreat was big with shadowy dangers the eye of the social revolution was on him and razumov for a moment felt an unnamed and despairing dread mingled with an odious sense of humiliation was it possible that he no longer belonged to himself this was damnable but why not simply keep on as before study advance work hard as if nothing had happened and first of all win the silver medal acquire distinction become a great reforming servant of the greatest of states servant too of the mightiest homogeneous mass of mankind with a capability for logical guided development in a brotherly solidarity of force and aim such as the world had never dreamt of the russian nation calm resolved steady in his great purpose he was stretching his hand towards the pen when he happened to glance towards the bed he rushed at it enraged with a mental scream it's you crazy fanatic who stands in the way he flung the pillow on the floor violently tore the blankets aside nothing there and turning away he caught for an instant in the air like a vivid detail in a dissolving view of two heads the eyes of general t and of privy councillor mikulin side by side fixed upon him quite different in character but with the same unflinching and weary and yet purposeful expression servants of the nation razumov tottered to the washstand very alarmed about himself drank some water and bathed his forehead this will pass and leave no trace he thought confidently i am all right but as to supposing that he had been forgotten it was perfect nonsense he was a marked man on that side and that was nothing it was what that miserable phantom stood for which had to be got out of the way 
if one only could go and spit it all out at some of them and take the consequences he imagined himself accosting the red-nosed student and suddenly shaking his fist in his face from that one though he reflected there's nothing to be got because he has no mind of his own he's living in a red democratic trance ah you want to smash your way into universal happiness my boy i will give you universal happiness you silly hypnotized ghoul you and what about my own happiness eh haven't i got any right to it just because i can think for myself and again but with a different mental accent razumov said to himself i am young everything can be lived down at that moment he was crossing the room slowly intending to sit down on the sofa and try to compose his thoughts but before he had got so far everything abandoned him hope courage belief in himself trust in men his heart had as it were suddenly emptied itself it was no use struggling on rest work solitude and the frankness of intercourse with his kind were alike forbidden to him everything was gone his existence was a great cold blank something like the enormous plain of the whole of russia levelled with snow and fading gradually on all sides into shadows and mists he sat down with swimming head closed his eyes and remained like that sitting bolt upright on the sofa and perfectly awake for the rest of the night till the girl bustling into the outer room with the samovar thumped with her fist on the door calling out kirylo sidorovitch please it is time for you to get up then pale like a corpse obeying the dread summons of judgment razumov opened his eyes and got up nobody will be surprised to hear i suppose that when the summons came he went to see councillor mikulin it came that very morning while looking white and shaky like an invalid just out of bed he was trying to shave himself the envelope was addressed in the little attorney's handwriting that envelope contained another superscribed to razumov in prince k s hand with the request please forward under cover at once in a corner the note inside was an autograph of councillor mikulin the writer stated candidly that nothing had arisen which needed clearing up but nevertheless appointed a meeting with mr razumov at a certain address in town which seemed to be that of an oculist razumov read it finished shaving dressed looked at the note again and muttered gloomily oculist he pondered over it for a time lit a match and burned the two envelopes and the enclosure carefully afterwards he waited sitting perfectly idle and not even looking at anything in particular till the appointed hour drew near and then went out whether looking at the unofficial character of the summons he might have refrained from attending to it is hard to say probably not at any rate he went but what's more he went with a certain eagerness which may appear incredible till it is remembered that councillor mikulin was the only person on earth with whom razumov could talk taking the holden adventure for granted and holden when once taken for granted was no longer a haunting falsehood breeding spectre whatever troubling power he exercised in all the other places of the earth razumov knew very well that at this oculus address he would be merely the hanged murderer of m de p and nothing more for the dead can live only with the exact intensity and quality of the life imparted to them by the living so mr razumov certain of relief went to meet councillor mikulin with the eagerness of a pursued person welcoming any sort of shelter this much said there is no need to tell anything more of that first interview and of the several others 
to the morality of a western reader an account of these meetings would wear perhaps the sinister character of old legendary tales where the enemy of mankind is represented holding subtly mendacious dialogues with some tempted soul it is not my part to protest let me but remark that the evil one with his single passion of satanic pride for the only motive is yet on a larger modern view allowed to be not quite so black as he used to be painted with what greater latitude then should we appraise the exact shade of mere mortal man with his many passions and his miserable ingenuity in error always dazzled by the base glitter of mixed motives everlastingly betrayed by a short-sighted wisdom councillor mikulin was one of those powerful officials who in a position not obscure not occult but simply inconspicuous exercise a great influence over the methods rather than over the conduct of affairs a devotion to church and throne is not in itself a criminal sentiment to prefer the will of one to the will of many does not argue the possession of a black heart or prove congenital idiocy councillor mikulin was not only a clever but also a faithful official privately he was a bachelor with a love of comfort living alone in an apartment of five rooms luxuriously furnished and was known by his intimates to be an enlightened patron of the art of female dancing later on the larger world first heard of him in the very hour of his downfall during one of those state trials which astonish and puzzle the average plain man who reads the newspapers by a glimpse of unsuspected intrigues and in the stir of vaguely seen monstrosities in that momentary mysterious disturbance of muddy waters councillor mikulin went under dignified with only a calm emphatic protest of his innocence nothing more no disclosures damaging to a harassed autocracy complete fidelity to the secrets of the miserable arcana imperii deposited in his patriotic breast a display of bureaucratic stoicism in a russian official's ineradicable almost sublime contempt for truth stoicism of silence understood only by the very few of the initiated and not without a certain cynical grandeur of self-sacrifice on the part of a sybarite for the terribly heavy sentence turned councillor mikulin civilly into a corpse and actually into something very much like a common convict it seems that the savage autocracy no more than the divine democracy does not limit its diet exclusively to the bodies of its enemies it devours its friends and servants as well the downfall of his excellency gregory gregorovitch mikulin which did not occur till some years later completes all that is known of the man but at the time of m de p's murder or execution councillor mikulin under the modest style of head of department at the general secretariat exercised a wide influence as the confidant and right-hand man of his former schoolfellow and lifelong friend general t one can imagine them talking over the case of mr razumov with a full sense of their unbounded power over all the lives in russia with cursory disdain like two olympians glancing at a worm the relationship with prince k was enough to save razumov from some carelessly arbitrary proceeding and it is also very probable that after the interview at the secretariat he would have been left alone councillor mikulin would not have forgotten him he forgot no one who ever fell under his observation but would have simply dropped him forever councillor mikulin was a good-natured man and wished no harm to any one 
besides with his own reforming tendencies he was favourably impressed by that young student the son of prince k and apparently no fool end of part four chapter one section one recording by expatriate in bangor maine